I'm Trixie. And I'm Weege. And we are 33XPL. We love horse racing. And we teach you about it so you can have fun with us. Every week, we publish podcast episodes across a ton of platforms and also on YouTube. 33XPL is on Instagram and Pinterest too. You'll find exclusive video lessons, other content, and more fun stuff at our free community. Just go to www.33xpl.com, log in with your email, and you're there. No spam, no gimmicks, just a place where new fans and fun lovers can get together to learn and share. Well, hello there, Weege. How the hell are you? I'm the hell fine. Thanks, Trixie. How are you? I am all right. And we wanted to do uh, a quick little race recap from last weekend and looking ahead toward the prep races, the derby prep races for the upcoming weekend. But here's the time to let the listeners know we recorded a huge and awesome, well, we think it's awesome. We think it's awesome. We think it's awesome podcast on the Fishman Affair. It's crazy, but we we enjoyed going down those rabbit holes, and that will be produced over the next couple of days. But right now, to give you something tasty, and because last weekend we had the Pegasus, we wanted to come around and chat about that ultimate throwdown between Nick's Go and Life is Good that we were waiting for. So Weege, how did it hit you once you saw the race? How did it hit you? That was very interesting. So um, in the Pegasus, um, we had Life is Good, Nick's Go, Stiletto Boy, Endorsed, Sir Winston, who's an old favorite, won the Belmont a while back, Chess Chief, Come Dare, uh, Title Ready, and Empty Tomb. And I actually um, was surprised because I thought Nick's go was going to win. Nick's go is just, you know, he's, he's really fast and life is good is really fast. Both are, you know, exceptional horses, but I just thought I went back and I looked at times and I was thinking about it. And I just thought Nick's go because of the amount of experience he has, I thought that guy knows what the front of the line looks like and he'll want to be there. The only thing is, Life is good, wanted the front of the line more, was faster, kept it, and got out there first. And it looked like Nick's go really didn't want to try to push past that. Just we, really yeah, didn't we, we, were, we were talking about, yeah, looking that that life is good just seemed more alpha and was yeah. like taking that's the front. It. And that's always a thing with the herd mentality of the horses. And Nick's go had always just shot out fast in mm-hmm. front and he never really had to deal with anyone else out alphaing him because no one could ever keep up. Right. But life is good he just shot out, out there. there and stays out there. And that's because yeah. he's got yeah. the speed and stamina to do it. But this time it was like, you know, Nick's go and life is good. Life is good just went out and, and whipped oh, ass. Blazed. <laughs> I mean, just blazed. It was crazy. Like just 
Yeah, was and Fuego. But it didn't seem like it was a herd mentality thing where he was like, "Nah, I can't get at you." No, nope. yeah, Nick's because Nick's go really late in the certainly in the in the last half of the race didn't even look like he was challenging. He was just like, "Well, I guess no." This I is think it his for me. Jockey encouraged him to give it one last go, and he was just like, nah. "I know, right?" He was like, "I don't think I want." I know. I no, there's no point. Yeah. yeah, there's no point. Yeah. So yeah, so it was weird. That was, but cool. Yeah, it was definitely a case where you would think Nixco had the physicality to make that a race to the nose, at least, but he didn't seem to have the will to contest it. Right. Um, and so that was very interesting. <clears throat> I am uh I wanted to take bragging rights because Stiletto Boy came in third and Stiletto Boy is my show baby and Stiletto Boy showed again. And of course I bet him to show. And so I was winning on that. So that was pretty That's nice. Right. And uh, yeah. And of course, Weege and I were both in on that exact, that very hard to pick exacta with a Nixco and life was good <laughs> as uh, as the we one pretty much two. knew all right nobody was gonna catch those two freaks of me right. like right. nobody was gonna catch them but it, it was pretty funny because like I know stiletto boy has been your boy and he does that thing he does and he did it again. He does that thing he does. He shows up in the money just barely but he shows up in the money and um <clears throat> and a show a show on stiletto boy is a good bet so uh, or at least it it has been for me and it was a lot of fun and then you know we and got 100% those percent of the time it works 100% of the time <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i have to say uh you know, after Weege and I won those fat exactas with uh, with <laughs> Life is Good and Nick's Go on the yeah, exact box. I'll have box. a few things to say about that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe we were uh, with my fat exacta. You almost <laughs> owed them money. I mean, I, yeah, we, they we almost, almost made owed me the pay them. Money. Yeah, they almost made me pay them. But yeah, what were you going to say? Uh, about that race. Now that I've bragged, uh, grabbed my bragging rights for Stiletto no, no. Boy, uh, what were you going to say about that? Because we did, and other betters did too, have some gripes on the payouts, oh, right? Oh my God. Yeah, because um, I did a pick six and I won and I lost money at the same time <laughs> because it was so chalky. Like it was the all favorites day. Oh so, my gosh. It was you know, terrible. If you, if you bet on the favorites, you won all six races, but you literally, I mean, depending on how many horses you bet per race and how that sort of played Yeah. Out. Actually, the more you got, because it was so chalky, yeah, it was almost worse for you. <laughs> like You're like, wait, I could have probably won more on the pick three because- the pick six in total was so dang chalky. It was crazy. Yeah, I should have just picked the chalk horse in all six races. And well, probably I still wouldn't make any money. I don't know. I don't even know how that would work. But it, I I couldn't believe it because like you won, if you did like the minimum bet, um, you know, per horse, it was like you won $77. So needless to say, all of us were like, what the hell's that? So you know, there was just, there were no odds and the takeout at Gulfstream is huge. The and, takeout is huge. And, and, and screw Gulfstream. That's all I got to say. And, and also, and, and another point was they had sucked out three quarters of a million dollars on a carryover for the following day. Oh, I know. Yeah. That, so that sucked too. They had I pulled, thought there was a mandatory for the, one of the pick races on Saturday 
and it ended up the mandatory was Sunday. And so that just blew. Yeah. So the whole day, my motivation for going in. Yeah. The whole Pegasus day, which was obviously a huge draw for people, was not the mandatory payout day. So you had to wait till the next day. So basically, they got tons of money going into that pool. And then they were pulling out three quarters of a million after they had already pulled their, what, 25% off the top. Mm -hmm. So that left the winning pools very small, you know, comparatively speaking. And the odds were, were so terrible because all of the horses were favorites that there was just nothing in it. Like you, yeah. it just, it's sad where you're like, I won the pick six. Yay. <laughs> like, I didn't even terrible. bet like extreme amounts of horses. That's the thing. I probably bet like three horses in each race. It wasn't like I was like, Oh, I'm going to pick all so I can win. You know, right, right. it wasn't even that. Not that I'm above that, but it wasn't, that was not what I did that day. Yeah. But still, I, I won, but I lost. And I, I, hate, I hate being in that situation where yeah, I win it was, and it I was, lose at the it same time. It was horrible. Time. And, and people were complaining. Like people were, people were bitter because the They're other like, thing yay, too is- I won. Yay. This is hours you're spending watching these because you can't walk away from the TV when you've got a <laughs> going on. When you've you got can. a live one. I can barely yeah. leave to pee. Honestly, yeah. God. She had a she had a live one going into the I was last wearing race. The word and it depends was, probably at my next major race. It was, but it was so exciting. And then you look at the will pay, and you're like, "You got to be kidding! Me. Like, really? <laughs> How many hours did I spend on that? I know my life is going by. I am a degenerate. It's true. That now that is true. That, that is, is true. true. You are a degenerate. But <laughs> yeah. So the um. So so that was kind of so. The Pegasus is great for obviously, um, you know, water cooler talk. It's great for us <laughs> to talk about. We loved seeing those horses and getting to see them race. I loved uh, getting a stiletto boy into my into my show baby position. But really, uh, for the betors, you know. That day was not such a great day. It was so. not a great day. I liked seeing the track and the palm trees. And, um, and it was pretty funny because, you know, they had celebrities and whatnot and, you know, I'm not a big fan of Oh my God. And they kept showing Ja Rule and it's like, how could Ja Rule? And I saw people commenting like, how can Ja Rule even show his face? I'm like, I know after the whole debacle of the fire festival Uh and like millions of dollars of fraud and, you know, people who, you know, experience damages as a result of that. And there's Ja Rule at the races and the cameras are focusing on him. Does and I'm like, not what? To the idea that some people are just born under a lucky star because yeah, I, don't I think what, that's right. I don't care what your upbringing is or what your life is like or whatever. It's like sometimes some people are just luckier than others. Yeah. That, that <laughs> guy must avoid be. That level of you know, yeah. millions and millions in fraud after you even said, keep it going after you knew it wasn't going to happen. I know Somehow. he must be Teflon. He must be Teflon and I'm have a lucky you. star. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, loves was, you, that was crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Seeing some of those, um, those celebrities were pretty funny, but we also wanted to talk about uh, races happening at the same time 
that were not the Pegasus World Cup, but it was actually out at Sam Houston, the Houston, the Houston Racing Festival. I have nothing but happy feelings about Sam Houston. It it is a it is much nicer. I mean, since it's opened, and I learned that they had the twelve percent takeout, which is betting friendly, right? Right. So they're taking much less off the top uh, before they go into the winning pools. And if we didn't say it this time, uh, chalk. When we're talking about chalk, that means favorites. People with uh, horses with very low right. odds are chalk. So anyway, um, the takeout is the skim, basically the merchant service charge that the track takes out for running all the bets. And Sam Houston only takes 12%. So people like that because then the winning pools are bigger. And they seem to run the races fairly well. And you can get enough variety over the course of a racing day that you can see some odds. So we managed to have some good betting. Yeah, it's kind of a level of fairness that I feel good about. Like, I know every track is crazy, but some are really, really dirty, and you can't wash that off no matter how hard you try. But like with Sam Houston, I just find that I feel good about it. And plus, you know, there's, you know, the region I'm familiar with and some of the horses in the region I'm familiar with. So it's kind of like a a nicer feeling, but it just seems like it's just more fairly situated. It's, it's kinder to the betters. It's, I feel like the, the levels of competition make sense with the morning line. It, it all sort of works together. They run a good operation. It looks like. Yeah, that's at least that's definitely been our experience uh, so far this season. And they had the Houston racing festival where they had over a million dollars in purses. So they had, um, like six races at the end of the day that we're going. And two of them that we wanted to talk about were the $300,000 Houston Ladies Classic G3 and the 200,000 JB Connolly Turf Cup because these were fun races, they were fun to watch and they were fun to bet and they were really interesting. So let's start with the girls. Also because we haven't talked as much about the girls as we um I mean, we will have some of the Oaks prep races, but, you know, it's always fun to cover the Phillies. You know, it is. And, and I, yeah, I do feel like we neglect them a little bit and we'll improve in that area, but, but it was a really good race. So this was one in one sixteenth miles on the dirt for four-year-olds and up Phillies and mares. So the interesting thing was we had two horses that we liked in this race because we were, um, you know, basically uh, networked together and, and <laughs> handicapping our brains out. And the two horses that we liked were Pauline's Pearl, who's out of Tappet, and we liked Audrey's Time, who's out of Uncle Mo. And so is there anything else you want to say about about those lovely girls? Um, no, um, the Mary Rose was um, one of the favorites as well. Um, and as I heard some other handicappers stating their feeling was that the Mary Rose was going to come out front, but couldn't hold it. And the Mary Rose did come out front and couldn't yeah. hold it. So, so that was interesting. And Pauline's Pearl wasn't a surprise. It, it was kind of like, in my mind, it was going to be one of the two. It was going to be Pauline's Pearl 
or Audrey's time. I don't know how Golden Curl got in there. <laughs> I know Golden but, Curl snuck in there into the into the place. <laughs> it did uh, because Pauline's Pearl came in to win, Golden Curl uh, to place, and Audrey's time to show. But it was just I don't know. It was just a nice race mm -hmm. and good quality horses, and it was just enjoyable. Like I just. We just liked it. Like it I was know, a lot it was of fun. Just a good day of racing after, you know, the the Pegasus affairs. It was kind <laughs> of a it, honestly, it was kind of a palate cleanser, really, yeah, because we just felt like after spending the, you know, the time with Gulfstream and the Pegasus, we're like, well, that was fun and it was spectacle, but as really there was not much action in it. So the other race that um was really exciting and interesting, um, was the Connolly Turf Cup. And this one had, of all things, which a lot of people have never seen, dun, dun, dun. I hadn't seen it before. Me neither. A dead heat. Oh, it so was crazy. It was, cr it was crazy. So another mystery uh, out of Temple City and Fantasioso out of Strategic Prince and ridden by James Graham. And actually, I didn't bet on Fantasioso, but I almost did because I'm like, oh, James Graham, you're going to cause me problems, aren't you? And yes, he did. But but <laughs> the point was, I still won because we bet on another mystery. Uh -huh. And in a dead heat, even though they go to the photo finish, the officials will look at it and they still cannot see who came first. They cannot make a decision. Right. So, we couldn't figure out what was taking so long. Oh, it was. You know, it took forever. Yeah, because we, we're like, wait a minute. Well, well, you know, we're just, I don't know. I mean, you're just waiting to see how things worked out. And usually, you know, it takes slightly longer than the usual. But, you know, we were waiting and then we're waiting and then we're waiting. We're like, what in the heck is going on here? Oh, and it was really funny too, because they had the, the potential winners, Fantasioso and another mystery and their jockeys on oh. them were riding around <laughs> waiting to go to see who was going to the winner's circle. So they were right at the angle of the camera that was basically showing like the tote board and everything. So their heads would just ride across the thing. They looked like ducks in a shooting gallery and they were just riding in circles. Oh, this one's going by. No, that or, one's yeah, going or, by. No, this yeah, one's or, going by. Yeah, or like they were like in a cuckoo clock or something, yes. like cuckoo, and they were just going in circles. <laughs> so we were just waiting. Everybody was waiting. And then they come out and they say a dead heat. And what happens in a dead heat is they give a tie for first place. And then instead of awarding a place horse, they just award a show horse. Right. But both horses get paid as if they won. Which right, is with the, the odds the that they that, had, they yes, with the, the winning odds, odds. Had, um, you know, at the time the race started, that's the odds that they came out with. So one paid, you know, much more than the other. Fantasioso was a surprise. Uh, I don't remember what the odds were, but they were significant. Um, and we had bet another mystery. So, you know, nice little return. That's cool. But yeah, if we, I was like, oh, I wish I'd bet on that horse. I know if we had bet both of them, that was the thing. I looked at Fantasioso and I was worried about it. Yeah. I was worried about that horse. And if I had put a win bet on him too, I would have gotten two win bets yeah. on the same race. And that would have been tidy. That would have been yeah. delightful. Yeah. For like but, a $2 bet, it would have been over 20 bucks, right? I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. I think more than that, yeah. but it was, uh, 
but it was it was cool um because even people at the track hadn't necessarily seen right. a dead heat before you hear the phrase and I knew the phrase, but right. I didn't really know what would happen. <laughs> I had never, never seen, seen one before in my entire life. And I, I think there were a lot of people that had just really never seen one before. But, I mean, they watched that footage a whole lot of times. I mean, even in regular races, the stewards go back and watch. And they must have watched it so many times that they just could not make the determination. Because, you know, we're watching, we're watching the jockey go by and go by again. And we <laughs> yeah. don't know what the heck's going on. But And then you see that light come up where it says dead heat. And you're like, oh. Oh my God. And, and then, then we're they like, both, what happens now? We don't they even both do end up paid? taking pictures yeah. in the winner's circle they because they both they both get all the credit for the win. So if you want to look up that race and see one, it's uh Connolly is spelled C-O-N-N-A-L-L-Y, the Connolly Turf Cup. It was a G3 um that just ran this last weekend. And you can go see these horses. You you tell me if you could tell who yeah. came first because nobody else could. Yeah, exactly. but that was that was a fun day of racing. That was really we we had we had a good time. Now, there um, are days when when Trixie and I we start texting each other. Then we decide to get on the phone, and and we're just betting our little brains out. And it's like, what do you think of this? Well, what do you think of that? I like this. Three hours later, we're still on the phone, <laughs> and. Sometimes it just goes on because you're just so entranced by all of the action that you just, you can't stop. So sometimes it's just a day of that. So we had like two days in a row of that and that was hella fun. I don't care. What that, I yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was really great. But um, going into the Kentucky preps that are coming up this weekend, uh, February 5th and 6th, we wanted to just cover those quickly because we've got some interesting little things. So there are three of them. There is the Withers at Aqueduct. There is the Robert B. Lewis at Santa Anita. And there is the Holy Bull at Gulfstream. And these are, I believe these are all G3s, aren't they? Yeah, they're all G3s. Right. So the Withers at Aqueduct um, has a slate of horses, let's see, what has it got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's got 10. Oh, no. Yeah. No, 11. Got 11. And among the sort of quality horses that it's got, Derby contenders, we have the lovely named Covassier, who, yes. who we enjoy, who came in first at the Jerome, and he's in this race. Um, we've also got early voting out of Gunrunner. It's a meh. We've got Cook Creek out of Uncle Mo, that hot sire. So that should be good. We've got Gilded Age out of Medallia de Oro. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Constitution Lawyer out of Constitution. All of those, that particular chunk of horses that all have like those kind of names. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally in love with them. No, me neither. I haven't, I haven't really seen a ton of performance uh, to me. From them, but uh, I'd be interested probably in the Gunrunner Kid, the Uncle Mo Kid, Colvassier, um, Gilded Age out of Medallia de Oro. Those those are the ones that kind of speak to me. What do you what do you think about the Withers so far? Um, well, I'm always going to go with a Mo. So Cook Creek, um, I like. Um, what is it, Colvassier? I have to tell you, you know, I mean, the world does not know how many gallons. 
and gallons and gallons of Cuvazier. Trixie and I have drank, drunk. Oh, it's it, it <laughs> did. It happened. So many, so many. It brings back good memories and it weird does. memories. Um, but I do remember it fondly. But uh, Cavazier, I like Medaglia d'Oro um, as a sire. Um, has you know has created some good kids. But um, really, if I were going to bring it down to maybe two, I would say Cavazier and Cook Creek would be yeah, like my guesses. Yeah, and, I can know, definitely see that. You know, they've just turned three, so it's really early. They're starting; they're just starting to prove themselves. And and we're going to see some interesting stuff. I mean, you know, like early voting, the Gunrunner kid, like he just broke his maiden. You know, I mean, that we're right. we're these are all so new. Uh, anyway, so that is the Withers, but that is going on, and that is. Um, I think it's what a 10, four, two and one points. I think all these yeah. are 10, four, two and one. So the winner gets 10 points uh, applied to their Derby leaderboard total. The place gets four show gets two and fourth place gets one. So next we will go to the Holy bull, <laughs> which is an awesome name it is. and is running at Gulfstream. So that again is one and one sixteenth mile on the dirt. Um, so this has a great bunch of horses. Mm -hmm. We got nine horses in there. Uh, Galt out of Medallia d'Oro, Mo Donegal out of Uncle Mo, Eloquist out of Nyquist, Simplification out of Not This Time, Cajun's Magic out of Cajun Breeze, Tis the Bomb out of Hit, Hit It a Bomb, Spin Wheel out of Hard Spun. White Abario out of Race Day and Giant Game out of Giants Causeway. So before I go on and tell you what I think, what do you think, Weege? What do you think? Well, you know, I like Mo Donegal is kind of a favorite of mine. And plus, you know, ridden by Irad um, and uh, Todd Pletcher horse, but, you know, been doing, you know, some great winning, just ran in the Remsen, won the Remsen. Um, so, you know, already winning graded races um, and just, you know, very young, just turned three. So already, you know, won a G2. So that's great. And a lot of these horses, they've only come up and made in special weights right now. So if you've won a graded race at this point, that's an accomplishment. That's a pretty big one. So Mo Donegal is looking great. Tis the bomb. I've won. I won at the Breeders' Cup. And so I know. So Tis the bomb definitely is, you know, showing himself to be pretty dang awesome. I like Giants Causeway as well. I think Giant, or I'm sorry, Giants Game is going to be a real threat as well. I think, I think there's stuff going on there. It came in third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So, um, you know, the, I don't know. I like, I like those horses. Giants game has had um, some real competition as well. Corniche, Papa Cap, you know, and um, placed um, with those two horses. So Corniche, we know, is a speedball. Papa Cap, also pretty darn speedy. Giants and the top, the top yeah, contender the, on the, the leaderboard top. at the moment. Right. So you know, just under those two, I think it says something. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing more from Giant Game. So I would like to see more from Giant Game, and I am also interested in Tis the Bomb mm -hmm. um, for sure. Mo Donegal, I have to like. I just you got to like it. I'm not sure if I'm going to bet this way, but I'm quite interested. 
I'm speculatively interested in Eloquist out of Nyquist Mm -hmm. um, because I really like the Nyquist crops coming up and simplification out of not this time. Yes, because we have be a threat too. Yeah, because we have epicenter out of not this time. We have North County out of not this time. The early crops of foals tend to be faster. And both of those horses, uh, epicenter, obviously just had a big race with Papa Cap. Very good horse. So simplification, another not this time uh, foal, so, or, or cold rather. But I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to maybe see something from simplification. I think that'll be that'll be interesting to see along with um Mo Donegal. I feel like Galt is someone I should pay attention to, but I'm not paying attention to it yet and I can't tell why. Sometimes I end up kicking myself later. No. I'm like, you knew you should have paid attention, but you didn't. So Yeah, I d- I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure that I'm seeing the level of winning or I see some of the level of competition, like Galt has raced against Classic Causeway and Trafalgar, and but hasn't won and hasn't really done enough winning yet. So it's kind of, eh, I don't know. I'm not super enthused yet, and yeah, and doesn't, well, have a, doesn't have a graded stakes win that I can see. And I, I will say, you know, I don't think for young runners that the inside post is the best place to be. No. Cuz no, I think you can it's get just shoved out. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's more confusing, more overstimulating and you're more likely to get kind of boxed out. Right. And um yeah, so that's maybe not I might I wouldn't maybe want to see Mo Donegal in place too. Like starting uh post position 3, I feel a little better about it. I think these middle ones are kind of are, are in a better are in a better place, um, especially when we still are seeing races with these young horses where people are weaving, like they're just going all over. It like is they're, a freak they, fast. I mean, it, yeah, the head, yeah. The, you know, like the head-on shot of like the Kentucky Derby is <laughs> a freak out. You got twenty crazy horses all bolting out of the gate at the same time, ramming into each other. There's legs everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so these, obviously, these races are smaller, but these horses are young. They've just learned how to break from the gate. They've just learned. Maybe they've been having like you know riders on them for a little while, but I mean, you know, they've done gate training. They, this, a lot of this stuff is really new to them. And then just knowing that you're supposed to be first, you know, you're not supposed to run with the crowd. You're supposed to be first, (laughs) you know, they're figuring stuff out. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's fine. And some of them figure it out and some of them don't, and some of them are great. And some of them, you know, just, they, they just go their way. So, you know, everybody's got a journey. Well, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Every everybody does have a journey, but let's uh, let's go into the um, Robert B. Lewis, which is the G three Santa Anita's second Derby prep. First of all, it's got some great horses in here, but there's also something very strange about it. Um, I would like we, to call this race the Robert B. Bafferts. <laughs> the Robert B. Baffert. Uh, yeah, stakes. It really should be called that. Um, there are, it's not clear, uh, like I, I don't see that we have the draw yet. 
it doesn't look like. We have 11 horses that are listed as possibles and probables. Um, and what I'm looking at and uh, slow down Andy out of Nyquist is going to be there. And so that's exciting. Um, uh, Messier from Empire Maker is going to be there. That is also exciting. Um, I'm interested to see Happy Jack. But I have to say, uh, there are there are 11 horses and six of them that are listed in the possible probables are trained by Baffert mm -hmm. because Baffert cannot earn points for any of the horses he trains in New York or Kentucky. So he can't go to Aqueduct and pick up points for the horses he's training. He mostly is racing in California. So if you're an owner of one of these six horses, and let's say they all end up actually in the race, are you going to feel like he's giving your horse everything he has when he's got six mm -hmm. in the race? I mean, and it doesn't that look a little, like it's a little crazy. I thought he couldn't earn any points anywhere. Oh, that's right. That's right. He can't earn. So why are they running them at all? I have no like, idea. Why are they running a huge slate? At the, you're right. Just for he the money? Can't earn any, he cannot earn any points that count toward the Kentucky Derby. Now I know later in the season, if those horses are with other trainers, they can be going into the bigger points, later derbies that are worth 50 points or 100 points. And then they'll make all these little 10-point races sort of a non-issue if they win some of those. But I I it's don't gotta know. Be, it's got to be just for the purse money. I guess. And Santa Anita, you know, Weege and I were talking about, has been running weird anyway. Like you're seeing fields of six horses, uh -huh. five horses. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like what is, where That's is the- $200,000, so it's not nothing. It's not nothing. But- is this like Baffert's way of helping Santa Anita to fill out a field so that they finally have one that's over five horses running? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, really, right? He's I'm like he's returning my the horses. favor. He's I like, got you, people. I got you. He's like, thank you for not banning me. In return, I'll make sure that you can actually run a regular sized race for once. Yeah, it's that place is ridiculous. It's it's very it's it's kind of weird. It's yeah. really kind of weird yeah. what's happening Dear now. Dear listeners, if you've tuned into any of the races at Santa Anita, you'll see how sad it is to watch like <laughs> six or less horses. Like there's just a complete lack of interest somehow. I don't know how it happened, but it's just, it's like fizzling. I'm sure it'll perk up at some point again, but right now it's just, it seems like the favor is not, and maybe it could just be, hey, it was Pegasus weekend. There's other races in other places. We had fairgrounds. And what have yous. Okay. I mean, their winning pools were still substantial. You know, they were on single races. They were having winning pools up near a million dollars. So it wasn't, it wasn't like nobody was betting those races, but I wasn't looking at them and feeling yeah, I wasn't inspired. The only one. I wasn't the only one who was uninspired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not inspired. And I know that, that we, that we've seen other, um, you know, other horse players, if you will, uh, out and about on the interweaves and they're like, yeah, not interested in that particular product that what, what's going on with that. Right. So, yeah. So that's the weird stuff going on. Um, 
obviously there's way more weird stuff with Fishman, but we are getting that episode uh, packaged up and ready for you. And in the meantime, please to enjoy this like a fine dish of sherbet, if you would. <laughs> and and just savor it. Yeah. And if you are betting the prep races and if you're having luck and if people are filtering to the top, I say people, but horses, horses are people too, filtering to the top of your derby potentials list, by all means, throw that in the comments. Let us know. Also, um, like and subscribe. We love that. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcasting platform that gives you the ability to rate, please do that. Say nice things, I hope. I hope you'll feel that way. And um, and also you can come to our community at 33xpl.com. We have free public pages um, that just have, you know, fun stuff and silly things that we find that we think are amusing. And then we, uh, we also put some news items up there. And then if you log in with an email address, you get access to more um, community sections that have some exclusive video lessons and some other goodies there for you. So I think that's it. Is there I anything else you want to say, Weege? No, I think that's it for me too. Uh, so I'm just going to say it. Say it. Happy racing, y'all. Happy racing, y'all. <laughs>